0: advantage of the day okay. when you get an opportunity in this game you make a play yeah. the playmakers all on three one two three five, touchdown kansas city the chiefs are right in the thick of it baby welcome once again chiefs kingdom to another edition of defending the kingdom and of course brought to you by the awesome folks at 360 vodka and uh, 360 vodka kansas city's hometown vodka the official vodka of the kansas city chiefs Mitch Holters with you, Voice of the Chiefs, along with Chiefs reporter Matt McMullen. This episode is entitled Reality Sets In, as we are just uh, not far away from going to uh, the Phoenix area to take on the Arizona Cardinals. But where the National Football League becomes like a reality show is from now until those final cuts. And honestly, you can go to your favorite reality show, whether that was the old Survivor shows or The Bachelorette or The Bachelor or whatever. That's what the National Football League uh, becomes during this time. And I don't mean to be flippant about it. It's just that reality sets in. It started earlier this week with the five cuts that were made. There will be five next Tuesday. But here we are. And on this episode of Defending the Kingdom, we are going to examine maybe the hot spots
1: in the reality show. It's really survive in advance, right? That's what it is. And we keep talking about how these preseason games matter. And they matter for a lot of reasons. But for these guys on the roster bubble, trying to make this team, and trying to live out their NFL dream, every game matters. Because against San Francisco, these guys didn't know if they'd have another chance. This was their one shot to make a team. And the guys that survived, it's now on to Arizona. And can you survive and make this team and move forward? And that's really the question here, because there will be five more cuts after the Arizona game, and then a whole bunch of cuts uh, on August 31st. So you've had 18 days of camp now, if you're a rookie or a quarterback, 15 days if you're just a normal player, to put things on tape, to put things uh, on tape out there, practice, to put things on tape in these games. And now, moving forward here, evaluations come up, and you figure out who's going to make this team. It should be a lot of fun. We'll talk all about it. But this is where things get really interesting.
0: We appreciate all of you joining us on Defending the Kingdom. We're somewhere north of 30,000 or between thirty and 35,000 of you that have joined us in our first two episodes. And we welcome you to this episode. Uh, Before we get into the hot spots, I did say, hey, let us know what you're doing. We had the uh, captain of the Irish Brigade, uh, the colonel (laughs) of the Irish Brigade. He goes biking, man. These are his biking trips. But you've had some other folks weigh in. What do they
1: do? What do you do during...
0: Defending the kingdom while you're listening, watching, or watching. Yeah, this was fun. Listening.
1: This was fun. So uh, Seth, he's a father who's making bean bags for his daughter's birthday party. That's fun. Love it. Um, we had a listener that listened to Walt on a run for the first time. Um, Bruce while driving his eighteen wheeler. That's pretty cool. Uh, Buzz was on his lunch break, gave us a listen. Then also uh, Josh uh, driving his Peterbilt gave us a listen. Yeah. So keep telling us what you guys are doing when you're listening. It's it's interesting because you know for you and I we just do this. We're just talking. We don't know what people are doing when they're listening to this. It's kind of cool. The people all over the country are doing different activities, and we can be along uh, for the ride with them.
0: One of these times we're going to take the DTK on the road, maybe in the cab of a Peterbilt truck. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The horn is sounding, though, because the reality is set in for roster cuts. And let's go through four separate areas as the Chiefs get ready for preseason game number two against the Cardinals. And the first area to me has been the real story of this training camp and then the – story that that has created. One is the offensive line, and what we've seen there with three rookie starters essentially at center, right guard, right tackle, kind of an unprecedented, particularly coming off two straight Super Bowls and then Joe Tooney and Orlando Brown Jr. Let's start with them. Good performance against the San Francisco 49ers. I know Armstead didn't play. D Just save all your tweets. Uh, Bosa didn't play. But the guys that did play were veterans. Sure. Okay? Uh, But that group, let's start with them. But it opens up, for the purposes of this uh, podcast, opens up the so-called can of worms, But what about the first five?
1: Well, so we've been waiting for months to see that, right? I mean, ever since uh, Orlando Brown Jr. was acquired, ever since the draft happened, uh, ever since we signed Joe Tooney, it was about I want to see these guys in Chiefs uniforms working together cohesively as an offensive line. That was the impetus of the entire offseason. And we finally saw it. Even though it was just a preseason game, we finally saw all five of those guys working in concert together. And the big thing going into it was communication. That's what everyone kept talking about. Can you guys communicate? And they did. Uh, It looked like the communication was pretty good throughout uh, their two series that those guys had together. They worked well together. They were cohesive. And the thing that impressed me is Trey Smith said that what they wanted to do was uh, establish their will early on. They wanted to have a tone. Set the tone. Have energy. And we saw that. I mean, they were throwing guys off the line of scrimmage. And that will grow over time, but particularly for the first time these guys are together, you want to see it work and want to see some good things and get you excited. And if you were on social media, I think Chiefs Kingdom was pretty excited for uh, what they saw.
0: Yeah, the NFL doesn't wait. It'll be even more of a test, I think, this week against the Arizona Cardinals who have uh, some of the best young front seven defenders in the National Football League. Think of a guy like Isaiah Simmons from the Chiefs Kingdom, Olathe North High School. He is a athletic Freak, right? New so he's linebacker. It's going to be he's going to be a, a challenge along with others in this second preseason game. But for the purposes of this defending the kingdom, which is reality has set in, reality has set in for what I'm calling the replaced replacements, and that are got the guys that have started a lot in this league, almost a hundred starts. Three of them have started Super Bowls, and right now they are backups at the. Least And at the most, I don't think everybody can make this team. So, we're talking about guys like Nick Allegretti, uh, Andrew Wiley, Andrew Blythe, the former Ram, um, Yasir Durant, younger, uh, doesn't have as many starts as those other three guys. And then there's the three injured guys, when you look at Kyle Long, Larry DuVernay-Tardif, and Mike Remmers, who have started a gob of games. Now, that's a group of 12 guys you're not going to keep 12 offensive linemen 10 at the most and that'd be maybe speeding there a little bit probably going to keep nine and that to me becomes the first point of interest that replaced replacements
1: so down at media today it was assistant coach day when all the assistant coaches came and spoke and coach andy heck the offensive line coach is one of the coaches that spoke and he said this is a good problem to have and when you have guys that you know their name they're a name in this league they've started games they've been competitive in this league when they may be cut." That's a good problem to have because it means you have a lot of talent and a lot of depth. And that was really the idea behind the entire offensive line rebuild, right? It wasn't just the starting five, which we're really excited about, but it was also the depth that we're building behind those guys. And we're seeing throughout practice and in the first preseason game a lot of competition among the second, and third, and fourth teams and guys kind of going up and down. And what kind of stands out to me about uh, specifically the guys you mentioned is each one of those guys can play multiple positions. And that's super important. And we saw that uh, against San Francisco. So Blythe, he split snaps at left guard and center. Nick Allegretti split snaps at left guard and center. Yasir Durant split snaps at right guard and right tackle. And then Andrew Wiley split snaps at right tackle and right guard. So against Arizona, I'd encourage, if you're watching this, don't just watch who's the second team O-line. Who sticks around for the third team? Who plays on both teams? And they're playing different positions. And I asked Coach Heck about that. And he said, well, it's two things. It's an opportunity for the guys to show their versatility. Because if you're going to be that extra lineman, you have to play multiple positions. And then also, it's a chance to put your best foot forward. If you're a really good center and a pretty good guard, you're getting opportunities to put both on tape. It's like, well, this guy's a really good center. And we need to keep that in mind. So watch the guys against Arizona that are playing multiple positions. Because that's definitely an area these coaches are watching.
0: And if you listen to Danon and me on the game on uh, Friday night, and since it's an ESPN game, we can say, hey, turn down the sound. We, we go through that every series start. And the game against San Francisco was just your point. Durant would be at guard. Wiley's at tackle. The next series, Durant would be at tackle. Wiley would be at guard. But it's something uh, to pay attention to. And just imagine here, this sounds kind of cold-blooded, but think about a reality show of 12 offensive linemen that have played in this league standing there in big reds out in front going, You, 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 right? Uh, That's kind of the uh, feeling that you get here. It's why our franchise show is so popular. It gives you a feeling of the tension of what goes on in this camp right now. That's why Hard Knocks has been uh, so popular down through the years because there's very few things like it uh, in our world, specifically where reality does set in. Second area of reality, wide receiver and tight end. Why do we combine that in this Defending the Kingdom podcast is that it becomes mathematics. We know the four main wide receivers, right? Tyree Kill, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, and McCole Hardman. After that, who is the fifth or the sixth? Do you keep five and keep four tight ends? Because Jody Fortson now, considered a tight end, is right there with Blake Bell, Noah Gray, and the best tight end to ever play, and Travis Kelsey. It's
1: tempting to keep all four of them, but I'm not sure you can keep four tight ends and six wide receivers. This gets back to the point about having good problems. And this is a good problem when you have a lot of playmakers. You want to keep everyone, but you can't. That's just the reality of it. When you have a lot of good players, you can't keep everybody. So just for some reference, let's see what the Chiefs did the last couple of years. So last year they kept six wide receivers and four tight ends. So you can do it. But what that means is you have one less offensive lineman. Uh, defensively, maybe you have one less linebacker. You're going to lose guys in other areas. So you need to figure out where your priorities are. Uh, and and t- if you
0: do that, honestly, to, not to interrupt, but Go ahead. that leaves Spaggs one less guy. Exactly. He yeah, he exactly. ends up with 24 guys instead of 25. So.
1: Well, you mentioned the franchise. Wouldn't it be fun to be a fly on the wall watching Spaggs, Coach Tobe, and Coach Reed, mm-hmm. Coach Biennemi talk about all this stuff and figure out how guys fit in? I think it would be a blast. But in 2019, just to to punctuate this, um, we kept five wide receivers and three tight ends. And that meant an extra running back and an offensive lineman. So just keep that in mind, deciding what you want here, what you want in different areas, how much depth you want. Uh, But these guys are making it difficult. And you mentioned the four main um, wide receivers and then the three uh, tight ends, Kelsey, Gray, and Bell. Fortson really is super interesting here. Jody Fortson's had a terrific camp. Every single day, he seemed to make a great play in camp. And it carried over to the San Francisco game, made some great plays in that game. After only Darius Fountain, he had the second most catches and receiving yards of any player on the Chiefs. So a lot of times we see a player thrive in practice, and it just doesn't translate but it translated for Jody. And then a lot of times we see a guy do that, but then they come back to practice and it's just not the same. They're feeling good about their performance, but he was good in practice today. We saw another great catch by him. So the other part of this discussion is special teams. If you're going to be that extra pass catcher on this team, which Jody's trying to be, you have to be a special teamer. And if you look at the snap counts against San Francisco, who played more special teams than anyone? It's Jody Fortson. He played 13 special team snaps. And if you look at PFF grades, he had the top grade of all special teamers. So. Looking good for Jody Fortson right now. We'll see if that continues. He has to keep stacking, but he's putting his best foot forward here to try to make this team. And to make just one more
0: push on that comment is that if you're going to give Spags one less guy, you're going to keep 10 offensive linemen, six wide receivers, and four tight ends, and he's got 24 guys to deal with. And let's say he only has five linebackers. Dave Tobe needs a sixth linebacker, but on the offensive side of the ball. And that's where Fortson could potentially enter this discussion. And so... That's where all of the mathematics comes into play here. But one thing to really watch and listen for on Friday night, number 88, Jody Fortson. Can he do it again? Can you keep four tight ends? And then the wide receiver chase. That includes the crowded room we mentioned on last week's Defending the Kingdom with Marcus Kemp, who's really good in special teams. Doris Fountain. (laughs) Doris Fountain. Okay. I... I, I didn't, you know, I knew he was kind of a Colt guy, and he played some. Knew he's a northern, northern Iowa fan. A lot of them in the Chiefs' kingdom liked him. DeRees Fountain now enters this discussion along with Gary Dieter or a Cornell Powell.
1: Once again, guys always seem to elevate in camp and in preseason games. And Fortson has done that for sure. And we know who Jody is because he's been around. But it's even harder for a new guy, a guy that was a tryout player in minicamp and made this team as a tryout player, earned a contract, how does he elevate and make a name for himself? And he's doing his best. And we just uh, heard from uh, Coach Blaymire, who's coaching the wide receivers now. And he talked about how from day one, Darius Fountain was, had this mindset that he was going to make this team. Every single rep, he took advantage of it. And we heard that uh, from him after the game against San Francisco when he said, I'm taking advantage of every single rep, and the coaching staff is putting me in a position to succeed. And I love that mindset. That's all you can do if you're a guy trying to make this team. I mean, he's a former fifth-round pick of the Colts back in 2018. This guy has talent. He has great measurables. He's put it on tape before. Just couldn't really make it happen with the Colts, mostly because of injuries. But now he has his opportunity. He's attacking at the right way, and he's looking good. He's looked good in practice. And once again, he translated that to the game. He led this team in receiving yards and reception. So he had his chance in the preseason game and made the most of it. So once again, it's about stacking, continuing to do that into the Arizona game. But uh, Derice Fountain is certainly a name to know if you're trying to figure out the roster math here of who could be the extra receiver. Maybe it's Darius Fountain.
0: He n- wears number 82 to watch and listen for on Friday night, and he looks different. He's like Kemp. Think of those four main wide receivers, all about the same body type, OK? Yeah. Let's be honest. Maybe D-Rob's a little bigger than the others. But those two guys, Kemp and uh, Fountain, and then you throw in Jody Fortson, gives you three guys that are now look like power forwards in the NBA <laughs> and not a two-guard. All right, third area, reality setting in here. And by the way, Defending the Kingdom brought to you by 360 Vodka, the hometown vodka, 360 vodka, and the official vodka, the Kansas City Chiefs. Third point, to me, might be the last decision made on this team. Third running back. We know about Clyde edwards E'Laire. We know about Darrell Williams. But now we don't know with the reality show, with two guys standing in front of the decision maker and Brett Veach and Coach Reed is Jarek McKinnon, Seems to be in a battle with Darwin Thompson.
1: That's how it seems when you're looking at this roster and how it all plays out. And two very different kinds of players. So you have Darwin Thompson, who's been around here for a couple of years now. Sixth-round pick out of Utah State. Uh, pound for pound, one of the strongest guys I've ever seen. I mean, his handshake is the firmest handshake I've ever shook. Uh, the guy is very strong, and he never goes down at first contact. And what I respect about Darwin is he missed the first week or so of practice. But he's been out here. He's like the first guy out here every day and the last guy that goes up the hill, always in the jugs machine. So I respect that, because you're trying to make this team. You know nothing is given to you, and you are trying to show that you are committed to making this team and getting better. So certainly respect that from Darwin. We saw what he did in week 17 last year. He's very good at given a chance. So we know what Darwin can do. Jared McKinnon is interesting, though, because he's a veteran in this league. He's been around a long time. And if you rewind the clock back to, what, like 2017 with yeah. Minnesota? I mean, he's a guy that had almost 1,000 yards from scrimmage. He was a stud, all-purpose kind of guy, kind of perfect running back for Andy Reid. Injuries kept him off the field during most of his tenure in San Francisco. Last year, he has about 600 yards from scrimmage, so he's pretty good. He's an older running back. He's about 29 years old, but still has some stuff left in the tank. Has looked really good, looked very good in the 49ers game. So this is a tough decision, and it will likely boil down to special teams. But both those guys are very interesting names to know.
0: Yep, he wears number one, McKinnon. Darvin Thompson, number 34. But this third running back position is not in mothballs with your old high school letter jacket. The third running back, as you alluded to, is very much a part of The Andy Reid offense. Think of the road to run to immortality. That's Damian Williams, the so called third running back, or a Sharkhandrick West and what he was able to do. This race is a big one, and it's one to really keep an eye and an ear on uh, as we go through camp. The other thing with McKinnon, he's shown the, and for this p- spot, you've got to pass protect. You must pass protect. If you're a poor protector, psh, see ya. Uh, you've got to be a weapon in the passing game, and I mean a weapon, can make big plays. Then you also have to be a special teams contributor one of the big plays in that game the other night could be overlooked his open field tackle and special teams coverage he looked like he knew what he was doing and you're right he had uh Uh, All-purpose yards his first three years with the Vikings get your attention.
1: It really does you can't overlook that and to the special teams note Yeah, he had nine special team snaps against San Francisco. He was on kick and punt return and in coverage So he was all over the place. So Jarrett McKinnon can do some things for you. You know that Uh, It it's hard not to be intrigued by a guy that had so much success only a few years ago is still relatively young and you're right about the whole third running back thing because Mm. sure at the beginning of the season and throughout the year, hopefully. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is the guy. Darrell Williams is right there with him. But injuries are going to happen, and it's a long season. 17 games this year, and you're going to need a guy like either Darwin Thompson or Jarrett McKinnon to spell those guys, and they'll come up in big moments. We know they will. The run to immortality is a great example of that. So – these camp battles when you're looking at like the third running back are good problems to have because we have so much talent on this team but over the course of a long season these things will definitely come into play and I mean who knows maybe these guys have to start a game at some point so these are very important to keep an eye on
0: and you'd say wait third running back come on as soon as the third or fourth snap of the regular season against the Cleveland Browns you could see that third running back either McKinnon or Darwin Thompson (laughs) on the field that's what Andy Reid, that's how he rolls. One final area here on this Defending the Kingdom episode, we're calling it Reality Sets In. It's the football version of the reality show. And we're getting close already with five cuts made earlier this week. Five cuts loom on Tuesday, but what's the 53 look like? And to me, cornerback now becomes our fourth point in discussion. We know about Shavarius Ward. All right, we know about um, when you look at Legarius Sneed, probably going to be the top slot corner in this league, but also in the base, we'll play opposite Ward. It's the next corner. When you go to Nickel, who plays that corner opposite C-Dub or Little Mooney? And then the race that's there. Right now, Mike Hughes is getting most of the reps out there, but we've seen him share time with two other guys, DeAndre Baker and also Rashad Fenton. And we know that all three of those guys have a chance to bring a lot to this defense.
1: What A talent competing for that spot. And Rashad Fenton will start with him. He's been around this team for a while and hasn't and had, made plays. And made plays—that's the point. Like even uh, hasn't had a ton of snaps, about 700 snaps over the last couple of years combined. But when he's been out there, he makes plays. He's good. He was good in the Super Bowl, uh, the Super Bowl the Chiefs won against San Francisco. So. These guys are important, and they deserve bigger roles when they come out there and make plays like Rashad Fenton has. So keep an eye on Rashad Fenton. It's also interesting, though, when you're looking at Mike Hughes and DeAndre Baker, though, because these are two guys that were first-round picks not that long ago. Ironically enough, both of those guys were the number 30 overall pick in back-to-back drafts. Hughes in 2018, Baker in 2019. And what's Brett Veach so good at as general manager for the Chiefs? It's finding guys that were highly touted not too long ago bringing them in here and seeing what they have. It doesn't always work out, but sometimes it does. And you find guys that were first-round picks for a reason, and they just needed a change of scenery and a change of culture to really unlock their potential. And that's what the Chiefs are hoping for with Baker and Hughes. You mentioned Hughes. He's looked good in practice so far. I've been impressed with what I've seen from him. Today we saw him punch a ball out like Peanut Tillman. That's pretty impressive. (laughs) But then DeAndre Baker, he was so good in Week 17 before getting hurt. He had that awful leg injury, and he's been rehabbing that all offseason. He's coming back from that now, and against San Francisco, he looked pretty good. I mean, he was targeted six times. That was the most of any player uh, on defense for the Chiefs. Allowed zero receptions, so pretty solid Had two pass breakups. That's all you can do is put that kind of work on tape, is if guys are going to target you, don't let the pass be completed. So we'll see what happens here over the next few weeks out in practice and, of course, in the preseason games. But. The good news is the Chiefs have talent vying for that position. They're not trying just to put somebody in there and hope it works out. They have guys competing for that role. It's not just one guy, and that will breed growth.
0: Bo Pete Keys enters this um, discussion a little bit. Uh, then the three guys left at the corner on the roster. Uh, when you look at Chris LeMond, who's been around a while uh, on this team, you look at uh, also a character, Marlon Character. But there's one guy I want to mention. To me, he's kind of the Jody Fortson for me personally in this camp. <laughs> Because he's to me, he's gone elevated above just a guy that could have a future either here or someplace else. Is DiCaprio Boodle? Yeah, he looks like a Rashad Fenton to me. Now he was a captain at Nebraska, played a lot, but came in as an undrafted free agent. What do we got here? Saw him this summer in the in the um, OTAs. He's really had a good camp, and he was good the other night against the 49ers.
1: He was. He recovered a fumble. Yeah. Uh, played a lot. He's the around the ball. He can yeah. cover. He
0: plays the slot, which is that's tough to do, man.
1: Yeah, that's all you can ask for, you know? And, yeah, he looked good. I mean, first of all, best name on the team, right? Has to be. DiCaprio Boodle, it's an incredible name. And you have to back it up with some good play, and he looked really good against San Francisco. It's tough with those guys. I mean, a UDFA, uh, of course, he played at a big school in Nebraska, but you're still a UDFA trying to make it in the NFL. And you wonder with those guys, that's what the coaches said all week leading into the San Francisco game, was what will these guys look look like when it's real football all of a sudden? Will they look the part? And he did. That's all you can ask for a guy like that. Look the part. Now it's about stacking and continuing to, to play well after you've done it once. And he'll have that chance against Arizona. But uh, DiCaprio Boodle is a name to keep an eye on here. You're not just trying to find guys that will be fixes right away. You're trying to develop guys over time. And DiCaprio Boodle, uh, certainly a name to know moving forward. And Bo Pete Keys, based on what he's done on special teams, um, they're trying to fit him in and maybe that gunner role as well as being a, a corner um, on this defense. So uh, keep an eye on Bo Pete as well. He's probably the guy that No preseason last year probably hurt the most because he just didn't have an opportunity to play much defensively last season. Um, Played in week 17, but uh, finally getting a preseason to show what he can do is also good for Bo Pete.
0: Yeah, you're like me. You just want to say DiCaprio Boodle a lot. DiCaprio Boodle. What was the comedian? Leo! (laughs) DiCaprio Boodle. Hey, thanks for joining us on this edition of Defending the Kingdom. Reality has set in. Thanks to the folks at 360 Vodka, official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs and Kansas City's hometown, Vodka. Thanks, Matt. So hopefully you've driven your truck, gone for a run, rode the bike, hooked you from work, birthday party. Uh, Yeah, so send us some more. What are you doing (laughs) while you're listening, watching Defending the Kingdom? Thanks uh, for this episode, and get ready to go to Arizona as we try to make some more big decisions. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins at Arrowhead.